Jonathan Harker's journal, kept in shorthand. 3 May Bistritz. Left Munich at 8.35 p.m. on 1st May, arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived at 6.46, but train was an hour late. Budapest seems a wonderful place, from the glimpse which I got of it from the train and the little I could walk through the streets. I feared to go very far from the station, as we had arrived late and would start as near the correct time as possible. The impression I had was that we were leaving the west and entering the east. The most western of splendid bridges over the Danube, which is here of noble width and depth, took us among the traditions of Turkish rule. We left in pretty good time and came after nightfall to Klausenburg. Here I stopped for the night at the Hotel Royale. I had for dinner, or rather supper, a chicken done up some way with red pepper, which was very good, but thirsty. Memo, yet recipe for Mina. I asked the waiter, and he said it was called Peprika Hendel, and that, as it was a national dish, I should be able to get it anywhere along the Carpathians. I found my smattering of German very useful here. Indeed, I don't know how I should be able to get on without it. Having had some time at my disposal when in London, I had visited the British Museum and made search among the books and maps in the library regarding Transylvania. It had struck me that some foreknowledge of the country could hardly fail to have some importance when dealing with the noblemen of that country. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blattberg. And tonight, we're reading Dracula by Bram Stoker, first published in 1897. And our guest tonight, Casey Smith. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. This is your, wait, let me, let me, let me see if I have this right. This was your, let's see, you've been on once, twice, three, three times. times lady. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> no. oh. We're just going to keep doing it, huh? And the thing is, since I know you don't cut anything, I, I know they'll all be in here. So, uh, Dracula, have you all, uh, read this before? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. a while ago. I feel like I. I may have read it twice. I might have done a reread at some point, but neither is particularly fresh. Uh, I have not. I have seen, of course, many variations of the story, and I think I have a pretty good sense of what the original story actually was versus like deviations further on down the line. But I've never actually sat down and read it. Is this the opening you were expecting? Um, kind of. I mean, I guess... <laughs> I guess I would say I'm not surprised to see that it's Harker's journal because he always seems to have a journal and um, a good amount of the you know narration, whatever, if it's trying to be true to the source, comes from the journal. So opening up and saying, oh, it's it's Harker's journal. And, you know, it starts with him arriving in Transylvania and having no idea what he's about to walk into seems quite right. Have you read this, Ben? Uh, I have read this. Uh, I want to say that for some reason, I think about this as like, not exactly the first adult book that I read, uh, but like, uh, well, I, let me put it this way. Uh, I picked this up specifically because I was inspired from 
the Ravenloft setting of Dungeons and Dragons, mm. the gothic horror. Mm. I was like, well, I should probably read this. Uh, and I just remember at one point, like my mom and I were reading it. Uh, and then I just like, just read past where she was. Uh, and mm. so I, like, there was definitely a moment where I thought like, okay, like this is a book that I'm reading for myself. Not like this is a book that I'm reading as a family activity. But again, not in many years. When did that setting come out? When I was like 13? God, that's a, that's a fun time for like uh, a gothic horror setting where like mm-hmm. all the romance is drenched in tragedy. Uh, you're like, oh yes. So as a 13 year old, were you still re- routinely like reading books with your parents or was this just a book that you guys had decided to read together? You know, I think I used to like read a book uh, with my, with my parents pretty regularly, I guess. And maybe, maybe that's part of the, the, like the, the, uh, like the psychobiography of this book and feeling like it was an adult book because like, because I wasn't doing it with my parents, uh, all the time mm. or like, because I left them behind, you know, like the first time you, uh, you know, the first time you beat your dad at chess, let's say, or, you know, just there's that moment of like, Oh, like I've surpassed you. Uh, you're obsolete mm-hmm. now. Uh, I understand my role in this world. It, it is to bury you. I get it. Okay. You know, in, in, in the sort of the Khrushchevian sense of like hitting a shoe on the table and, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, yes. So it's been a while. Uh, I still remember some of it very clearly. And then there's also some parts where like, like I was kind of surprised to be like, oh, right. This starts with him just like talking about super normal stuff, mm-hmm. you know? In shorthand, uh, which I think that was also, this is probably the first time I was introduced to shorthand mm. as a concept. I was like, wait, you don't have to write everything? You can like... I mean, I do. <laughs> if I'm going to write anything. I think... I mean, I def... Oh. I was going to say, I, th- I think the shorthand was actually done cleverly because it, you know, it says kept in shorthand and the first two sentences are what I would consider shorthand and then the shorthand kind of drops right around the time it would start to get annoying to read it mm-hmm. all in shorthand. And I just thought it was a very nice handoff to like, okay, so he's writing all this in shorthand, just assume it's written in shorthand, but now we're going to continue this in a way that is actually pleasurable to read. Yeah. But he still, he still uses a certain terseness that implies it without actually. Right. Yeah. Either that, or he's one of those people that like makes a note that they're going to do shorthand and then completely fails, which also works for me. Well, I, I, I take that shorthand to mean like the literal, like the, uh, the secretaries or, uh, the, the scrivener's shorthand of like, like where left will just be like LT, mm. uh, and right is RT, like, like literally like dropping out, not just like words and being terse, but like in actual letters. So this is sort of like the translated version of that. Um, but this book definitely did like, uh, besides the diary, there's also a lot of letters, uh, in, in the mm-hmm. frame. Mm-hmm. And I remember at some point thinking, like, it doesn't make sense that someone would remember, like, everything this specifically about, like, what this random person said to you or, like, even this highly charged emotional moment. I'm like, like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, and I think at some point my mom was like, yes, it's it is a, a conceit that, like, you know, we are reading reality and that everyone here can be trusted. Right. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be a fun, like, version of, like. Why is there, I mean, in my memory, everyone in Dracula who writes is sort of a reliable narrator. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would be kind of funny if there was a version where like it was more, I don't know, 
psychologically real, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like to some degree they, well, I think you need to have some reliability because you're talking about things that become so fantastical Mm -hmm. and bizarre that if you're like, well, they're, they're all liars anyway. And who knows? Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to to accept that this was happening versus like this whole thing is just, uh, you know, people that don't know what they're seeing or misinterpreting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you definitely could do like a very surreal psychological horror that way, but that's not really what Dracula is. Yeah, it's more of a, like, you know, the things that you didn't think were real are real sort of horror. Like, I guess just straight horror. Yeah. 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 There's not going to be any moment here where we understand that Jonathan Harker is skipping over his uh, dalliances with the brides of Dracula. Uh, (laughs) You know, like it's all just going to be told to us. So it's yeah, it's reliable in that sense. Uh, It is also like I'm I'm imagining, I don't know, uh, I'm imagining uh, Bram Stoker just like looking through guidebooks here. Just be like, oh, yes, like. How do people describe Budapest? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, because it is just so like, um, mundane is the word I want to use, but not in the like boring sense, but in the like, uh, you know, of the earth sense mm-hmm. grounded, I guess is a better word. Mm. It's like, everything is just so like left Munich at eight thirty-five. you know, arrived. Yeah. It's, it's very like, he's very focused on like when they made it there and when they were supposed to make it there. And mm-hmm. like this thing that you're, you know, again, it's, it's kind of boring. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's the stuff that you kind of get hung up on when you're going on a trip and mm-hmm. you think it's going to be a normal trip. And like, the, you know, we made the train on time, but then this other one was late. And so we had to stay at the station because we didn't want to miss it because it was going to throw the whole schedule off. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It, it does give a, a very like uh, a sense of Jonathan Harker as both like an ordinary person. And I think a very like uh, someone we can he, he's reliable right yeah yeah he's very orderly right he wants the trains to be as reliable as he is mm. but at the same time he won't turn up his nose at the paprika chicken right right he's he's adventurous right mm. like he he's, he's an adventurous british person he's he's adventurous for a real estate clerk <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is a tangent but ha- have you all seen uh, dracula dead and loving it no the the brooks parody yeah a long time ago a long time ago there is one joke in it uh, that I remember. Uh, I, I, I want to say that was kind of in a, a low period for, for Brooks parodies. Yeah. Uh, but, but Carrie Elwes uh, is Jonathan Harker, uh, I think. And, you know, he gets off at a station and people are like, oh, like, you can't travel at night. And he's like, oh, but I, I have to. I have, a, I have a schedule to keep. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm expected at Dracula's castle. And, you know, like the villagers, like in, in a row, like one, one, one villager goes like, oh, Dracula. Like Dracula, Dracula, and the last villager goes schedule, <laughs> uh, and like uh, it's funny because reading this this first page, like you know, besides a joke on how certain uh, <laughs> countries pronounce certain words, like that also does really capture something about Jonathan Harker, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like he does have a schedule to keep. That's what's important. I actually saw um, Dracula dead and loving it before I saw the movie that it was making fun of. Mm-hmm. So I had an interesting experience of getting some of the jokes when I finally watched the actual movie. Hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's 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 why that was. Mm. Like, I felt like that one had stuck pretty, pretty close to its source as far as like the gags were, were riffing specifically off these scenes versus 
mm-hmm. this the broader i guess mythos at large it's funny uh, uh, sh- should we take a tour through all of the parodies of dracula uh, <laughs> yeah or dracula comedies um mm. Yes. The the other joke, just to get this out of the way, in uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Roman Polanski's The Fearless Vampire Hunters, or Excuse Me, But Your Teeth Are In My Neck, <laughs> there's a one point where a vampire uh, turns this uh, this Jewish villager and he, like, you know, goes through the window into some woman's uh, bedroom and she, like, grabs a cross off the wall and thrusts it at him to to keep him away. And he says something, he says something like, Boy, have you gotten the wrong vampire? Uh, and I've, that, that's another joke that's always been in my head. Mm-hmm. And will probably be, gosh, yeah, I should really find a way to get these out of my head. They, they do not help on a day-to-day basis, do they? Uh, Obligatory note, Robin Polanski is a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, got a, I've got a pretty poor record of... Uh, uh, you uh, cite a lot of monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking yeah. of creatures that prey off of women. Yes. Um... Hmm. So Dracula. I do kind of wonder what people thought of Transylvania before Dracula. Like if it was a place that people had any passing familiarity with or if it was just like, because now I think when anyone thinks of Transylvania, it's like, oh, that's where Dracula lives. That's why it's scary. And now things are set there and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if it had any reputation beforehand. Well, it's, it's interesting, particularly like reading this page again, I'm reminded of how much like at the period when this is written, Transylvania, Romania, that region is considered the East in Europe mm-hmm. and like to be as like as or more associated with like Turkish, North African, Middle Eastern regional cultural things than with the rest of Europe. And like he goes into that a little more, if I remember, when we get into like the history of Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so- thought, uh, just to, to sort of build off that, I, I thought it was funny that at the end of the second paragraph, he notes that his smattering of German was very useful here, uh, which is funny because it's just like it's like so, you know, it's 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 like that that moment when you you meet someone uh, in a place and you neither like you cannot speak that person's native language and they cannot speak your native language, but you find a third language. Like mm-hmm. a third, like semi-imperial language that has, uh, for for some reason, gained a foothold in a few different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we specifically hit on the first line. Maybe we should remember to do that. Um, but is the first line three May districts? I think so. I suppose that tells us something. Uh, it tells him. I mean, I guess it tells me out. We're somewhere, right? We're somewhere probably not in england mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if a lot of people even at the time would know that bistritz uh is a city in northern transylvania romania but it is according to wikipedia Bistrita. Hmm. perhaps hmm. some more local pronunciation um but probably the actual first line uh left munich at 8 35 p.m on may 1st arriving at vienna early next morning should have arrived at 6.46, but train was an hour late. Which I think probably we've covered most of the important parts of that in mm-hmm. uh, the bits we just talked about, but I did want to get it on the record just to avoid the emails saying we didn't officially do a first line. Uh, do, oh, do you always? 
I was going to say, do we, do we get emails? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Harker from this first page, uh, again, you know, like this is such a, a myth that has pervaded our culture and in many forms, both sincere and parodic, uh, that it is sort of hard to firewall that information from this discussion. Right. But trying to focus on Harker in this first page, he comes across as uh, a real kind of suit or in the sense of being an empty suit like he cares about when the trains run but he's not so you know he's not so like unadventurous that he won't try uh chicken with paprika you know but he's not so uh uh he he's sufficiently of his time uh that his first thought on liking a dish is like get recipe for mina mm-hmm. which of when i say of his time that could be anything from you know 1850 to well probably today actually I was, I was going to say like 1950, like no, 1960, like no, 1970, like, like when did men stop expecting their, their wives to stop cooking for them? Uh, to be determined. Yes. That's where we're not writing science fiction here, but, um, you know, and that little somewhat fussiness, like I had, I had for dinner or rather supper, which, you know, again, is one of those things where I'm just like, I know these words mean different things to different people. Yeah. Different times. Uh, I wasn't sure either what he meant by, which was very good, but thirsty. Like, was it dry? Did it make him thirsty? Yeah, I think thirst inducing mm-hmm. is my read. Yes. I, I took that mean to, to, to mean spicy. Yeah. Hmm. I, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was uh, like, well, something. I mean, he seems to still like it because he wants to get the recipe. But, you know, it's clearly some type of critique. <laughs> good, but thirsty has an entry on... Uh... Uh, english.stackexchange.com huh that's fun uh yeah i guess it is it is just thirst inducing hmm. so then question is like is it dry is it salty is it spicy damn that shorthand i mean it's coated in paprika yeah which like if nothing else is a fine powder so maybe you just snorted it it is a little hmm. unpleasant we're gonna gonna read the whole book and be disappointed never to learn what did he mean? What was so thirst inducing? I feel like the other times they talk about thirsty, it probably means something else. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the chicken is Instagramming itself in, 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 in its best light. I found the chicken to be surprisingly horned. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I'm trying to think of something where you could describe Dracula and his blood sucking uh, as a thirst trap. But uh, <laughs> I mean... That is sort of one of the main scenes in the first part. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Oh, but sorry, getting back to Jonathan's character, mm-hmm. I do like in the third paragraph when you know that he's like sufficiently serious enough to do research before leaving. Like, I don't know that 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 gives us like another another facet of his personality, right? Yeah, he's not just like like going past this page uh, i think some some readers find parker to be uh naive <laughs> possibly just because he does not understand that he's in dracula right <laughs> you know haven't you read this book before yeah yeah the peril of being in a great novel is that you will frequently be judged unfairly right. not yeah. having read it in advance yeah yeah but it's like a classic uh like you know if you're in a horror movie like you don't run up the stairs right mm-hmm when the monster is running after you. But like, what if you think you're in a rom-com? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Like the rom-coms don't tell you what to do with stairs. Like if, if only you knew what genre you're in. Uh, I mean, I guess have, have people died before the stairs appear. That can usually, usually helpful indicator. Hmm. Fewer deaths in rom-coms. I think. But you might be in a drama. Mm, true. Like, oh, it's one death and we have to all mope about it. Mm-hmm. I guess I better go upstairs and stare at the closet and think about what these clothes mean to me. <laughs> so uh, so I'm, I'm imagining in um, uh, Brokeback Mountain, when, when, when one character takes the other character's shirt out of his closet, but also there's a monster that like jumps out. <laughs> or like four, four weddings and a funeral when like, I don't know. Something, something monstrous happens. I guess Dracula. Let's say Dracula. Mm. It's four weddings and a funeral. And at the funeral, the coffin opens and it's Dracula. Let's say. Yeah. Suddenly you're in a different movie. Different rules. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's also a little hard to re- like because of the time at which this was written. It's sort of hard to get a bead on like what is normal behavior for a real estate clerk. Because like here is Harker traveling across the continent <laughs> to a country he's never been to where they don't speak the same language. And he had to do a bunch of research so that he can sell a house. Mm-hmm. To nobility. Though. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. was probably the, you know, the clincher. Yeah. It's just very, it's, it's a little tricky to be like, is he extremely dedicated or is this just how business is done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering if, if there's, you know, a little later in the book, there's any extrapolation on that. Cause I mean, I know, we know Dracula is eccentric, right? And so, mm. you know, did he insist on an in-person contract signing? You know, could this have all been done over letters, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, just, just to get out, get out of the way, the comedic premise where Parker sells Dracula a property sight unseen and it turns out to be a money pit. <laughs> uh, let's 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 set that aside for our other podcast where we pitch movie crossovers. Um yeah, I, yeah, I do wonder. I, I feel like there's the, definitely I think the book gets into something about this. Like he's a junior member of the part of the partnership, so like maybe he's going out of his way or maybe mm-hmm. he gets like the short the short end as the junior partner. Mm-hmm. He gets the job of uh uh, facilitating this weird foreign nobleman, which uh, I want to put a pin in that uh, foreignness. I want I want to get back to that because I think mm. that's that's like the, that is one thing that we have not actually. You know, let's take that pin out and just talk about it now. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the impression I had was that we were leaving the West and entering the East, the most Western of splendid bridges over the Danube, which is here of noble width and depth, took us among the traditions of Turkish rule. Uh, like, there's definitely. I mean, in the paprika handle gets into that, but like, uh, I feel like that is, that, that is a thing that people talk about with Dracula. Like maybe the first people who read this were, were, were not aware of this, uh, but like foreign count comes to, uh, ruin our, our British morals mm. is definitely one, uh, one, one big theme here. And it is interesting that it kind of pops up a little bit. Uh, at this moment, which of course, also again, thinking like, you know, like you were saying, Vin, this is a time at which like the, the foreign East and the Orient kind of starts at, at the limits of like the Ottoman empire. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like there's a hard demarcation and it's not where we think it is. Yeah. 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 Like that line has been pushing West over the years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't have anything else to say other than to point that out as a, a thing that will come up later in the book. Mm. Did you all, sorry, just stepping back. Did you like this page? Uh, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not super exciting. Uh, I think if I didn't know what Dracula was, I picked it up and I read the first page. Kind of, you know, I'm not like, oh, I got to see what happens next. Like, all right, well, hopefully something, you know, is going to, this is going to be more than some guys like travelogue. Yeah, this is very much the type of page that could have been a lot worse. You know, we encounter this this type of like, you know, getting into the details to do the setup and staying in the details for a long time. Um, and it's frequently much more insufferable than this. Right. And I think actually part of that is the the terseness of that sort of translated shorthand makes it easy to read and gives it a certain uh like a certain voice that makes it more palatable or like more novel than if it were just like, if he had stated all this stuff in full complete sentences, this would be a rough page. And I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of details that feel uninteresting, but I do think that they, you know, there it's in the voice of, you know, a main character. And so you are Mm -hmm. learning a little about him, even by, you know, the details that he elects to put in or not. Um, and he's not, you know, sometimes what I find tedious when an author is getting in the weeds, especially in the very beginning, is that they're pretentious about it or they're like very judgy about it as well as giving details. And I feel like that's absent here, which makes it um, better. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it does a nice job of like explaining maybe not everything that's going on, but, you know, this this kind of, you know. Joe average guy is on a trip. He's in Eastern Europe and moving to going into Transylvania. He's going to meet with a, you know, nobleman of that country and manages to say all that without it, uh, without ever breaking the wall of someone who's writing in their own journal and already knowing what they're about to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't read this and think, Oh, he's saying that for me. But if this was really just his journal, like he wouldn't have noted that because he already knows these things and I don't need to, you know, it's just that we need to. Um, so in that way, I think the, the kind of excessive minutiae works pretty well to give us a sense of what's going on, even if it's not in a very, you know, way that like pulls you in immediately. Yeah. It sort of like blends the exposition successfully. This guy just likes to talk about schedules a lot and uh, the things that he ate and where he's going, which anyone would kind of write in their travel journal. Hmm. Going back to odd wording, I do like the way he refers to the the Danube, which is here of noble width and depth. Like describing those things as noble is such an extremely like middle upper class British thing to do. Right. And I guess I, you know, where is he comparing it to? Like, oh, the Danube before it was kind of, kind of dinky looking but but once you get out here it's really it's real really impressive mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's both like to 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 my mind re- reading that line on the danube was both a description of how beautiful perhaps the river is at this moment but also how serious the division is between mm. the normal world that he's leaving and the world that he's about to enter of uh paprika and thirsty chicken mm. yeah yeah, it's in that sense, like, the nobility of the Danube is also in its demarcation of 
these two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you all have a, a favorite Dracula or vampire novel or movie Ooh. or game? <laughs> I don't know. Are, are there any, are there any role-playing games that feature vampires? Uh, are, are there any that like feature them when they're like trying to hide their <laughs> monstrousness behind some sort of, uh, I don't know, Vin, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, veil, like I a, think, maybe? Like a mask or a... A disguise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I, because I, I don't think I do have a favorite vampire. Mm. Uh, or even a favorite Dracula. Actually, I don't even know, like, what movie Draculas are there? Like, there are many that I just don't see. A few years ago, we caught a double feature of the, like, original Dracula, the uh, the Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, right? Mm. Mm. And it was a double feature of that film and the Spanish version, which were filmed concurrently. So they'd film the English version during the day and the Spanish version at night on the same sets. Oh. Uh, Bella Lugosi. Yes, thank you. Please, please don't, please don't write us. Thank you for fixing that extremely obvious error that I knew I had made but could not correct. Um, <laughs> that movie most notable in in meme form for featuring just all sorts of weird animals to indicate the sort of decay of Dracula's castle. Like there's like rats, but there's also just a possum in there, just crawling out of a coffin. As they do. Otherwise, a surprisingly watchable film. I mean, not otherwise, including the possum is very watchable. So it was the Spanish version, the Spanish version of the same film where they were just also filming. Like- same film. Okay. Like they just decided that they were going to write like dual, like translate the script and just film two different sets with two different actors in the same space. Yeah. That's the old, the old studio era. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, sorry. I just had to double check. Possums are native to America's. Yes. Oh, possums are not, not possums. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if there are any European possums. Uh, I have to look that one up. But I, uh, I like the idea of showing the decay of Dracula's castle by having like an elephant uh, just wandering through. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how big the holes are. It started with mice. I mean, that would be that that would be kind of a like a Harker esque like like things are wild here and unlike Britain, you know, like just like tigers roaming through. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I could see that. That might not be terrible. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think how many versions were actual you know, reimaginings of the novel versus just taking the character and sticking it in other situations or just taking like the myth of the vampire and kind of leaning on the fact that everyone knows who Dracula is to sell it. Mm. I feel like there's a lot more of those. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say Adam Sandler is your favorite Dracula if that is your taste. (laughs) I I mean, I I like Gary Oldman. I think he did a, he did a good night, good job. And I just like watching him go. So. To stick Gary Oldman in something, I'll probably watch it eventually. I don't know. I've seen a lot, a, a few versions that were basically, you know, we're going to take the idea of the character, but then we're gonna we're gonna play with it with you know, not a respect to the original novel, but we're not gonna we're not gonna stick to that. We're gonna we're gonna change it around for our own reasons. Yeah, like a Van Helsing, mm-hmm. or um, like in Penny Dreadful, there was mm. like definitely a Dracula and definitely was Dracula. But it was also sort of a reimagining. Although 
the like they stuck pretty close to a lot of the components of the story. But then there's this whole other, I mean, it was a component of a of another story that Penny Dreadful was telling. Mm-hmm. It was very that was very obscure if you haven't actually watched it. So not helpful. You know, I just uh I just recall that the uh game designer Kenneth Height mm-hmm. has a book called The Thrill of Dracula in which he, I think, like, watched, uh, I don't know how many, uh, okay. Well, he says, plots and reviews of 40 movies. Wow. Ooh. And, like, he talks about, since, since this, this is tied into a vampire-themed game that he wrote, uh, you know, like, how you would use these things from, this, from these movies in the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it is fun if you check the, uh, the, the Wikipedia page for Count Dracula in popular culture. Oh. The film section is uh, like early productions, Universal Studios, Hammer Films, other productions, 57 to 79. And then it's 1980 to, to 99, 2000 to 2019, and 2020 to 2029. Mm-hmm. And there's some, some, some very interesting things uh, in, the, in our future, I guess. Uh, that's interesting with, I guess, scare quotes around it all that dating reminded me that there was a movie dracula 2000 that i had actually forgotten to see until oh yeah yeah gerard butler Mm. that's like the first time i ever saw him that's funny yeah and where's he been but anyway i don't want to know actually uh uh there's a renfield comedy mockumentary perhaps coming up oh right maybe it might not be a mockumentary it's just a comedy Mm. I heard about that. But uh, when I am talking about uh, uh, upcoming movies based on secondary characters, you know, I have run out of things to say about uh, the the page in question. Mm. Y'all have any, any any other thoughts on this? Anything else jumped out at you? Casey, will you actually, I guess, will you try the second page? Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, if only because I, I know where this is going. I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> I would give it, you know, I'm going to give it more in the first page before I, I, I give up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're not going to read Dracula or if you are and you want something to read concurrently, there was a really excellent live tweet thread from a couple of years ago uh, that I went and pulled up from my bookmarks by a Twitter user named XO Dr. Venture. And the first proper tweet in that thread is, yo, three vampire bras just ate a kidnapped child. This book is a wild ride. yep yeah yeah i remember that that seems always disturbing i mean i guess it of course but i feel like no one ever forgets about that scene and it's always kind of horrible Mm. well on that note i think we're probably pushing up against time casey where can people find you um you guys can find me on uh, my other podcast that i also uh recorded with vin the chimera which is an actual play podcast that um comes out uh, about twice a month um ideally and ideally not not always but mm. usually um rel- relatively reliably and uh we have a lot of fun uh creating the stories we create and um then then uh meticulously edits them and adds music and makes it all sound uh very impressive and intentional so you should definitely check it out we are currently doing one with vampires, now that you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> how many How many vampires? Just uh, one. One? Just yeah. one on the main oh. cast. Just one on the main okay. cast, many in the background. 
Uh, I was hoping you were having at least, I don't know, one, two, three oh, vampires. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Episode over. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Finn LeBate, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io, and you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at thechimera.space, or on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. And I've been your other host, Ben Blatberg. You can find me on Twitter at Incatastrophe. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com, and we'll meet you back here next week. Weather permitting. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, 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 one, one, one. Ah, ah.